For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. And now, the group you've all been waiting for, the Lovers of Five! Hi, I'm David, and I'd like to tell you about my favorite number, which is the number five. And the number five is my favorite number because it has one straight line here. And then it has a round line on the bottom here. And then it has another line on the top here. I love singing about the number five. Give me five. Uh, give me five. Give me five. Give me one, two, three, four. Give me five. Give me one, two, three, four. But if you love me more, give me Give me five. That's right. Hello, everyone. This is Patrick O'Dowd welcoming you into another edition of the 5x5 here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. The Chairshot.com. Always use your head. And this week, returning for his second stint on the 5x5, Mr. Aesop Mitchell, member of the Bandwagon Nerds podcast these days as well. Welcome back to the 5x5, man. Hello. Thank you for having me back on. I'm looking forward to it. This one, uh, the last one we did, the HBO Originals, was very fun. This one, I think, uh, is even more fun for me personally because okay. I'm really excited. I'm really excited about this topic. It's it's funny. I've been cursing your name over this topic because so well. Let's get it out of the way. So the the, the topic this week that we're going to do uh, this is a little bit of a different spin on the five by five because usually we take like a, a very like one dimensional category and you do the five best and the five worst out of that category. But we we created different categories to do this five by five, and so we are doing our five best movies that scored 20% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes, and we're doing our five worst movies that scored 80% or better on Rotten Tomatoes. And the 80% or better list was, like I said, I was like, as I was looking, I was like, I can't do, I can't put that one on there. Like, I can't put that one on there. There was one, one of them, like, or actually I should say, four out of the five that I have on here, uh, to me, where without, I'm like, nope, fuck that movie. Uh, and then one is going to cause controversy, but I, I hate the flick. And so we'll we'll talk about it when we get to that. Because the other thing that's yeah. changed. Yeah. Go ahead. I, I have I have Disney movies on mine. Nice. I, I mean, it's just the straight up truth. Uh, I'm sorry. It's Disney, these are not worth, like, Rotten Tomatoes, this is not worth 97% on your damn 
uh, website. Like, how dare you? Disney is not. Well, how how dare the critics? It's a it's a it's a it's an aggregate based on critics. So critics are seeing something that we're not. Apparently, uh, at least that's that's allegedly that's what's going on there. I I got to tell you, for me, it was it was almost a joy to put a couple of these movies on the list. I'm like, yes, finally I get to say <laughs> something. Uh, and, and on the other end, out of the 20%, I'm looking at, I'm like, maybe I just saw a different thing. Like, I, I don't know. Sure. Uh, but that's kind of the joy of doing this. Um, one thing we've changed in the format from the last time that we did the show. So when we did the show with the HBO specials, we did the worst list first and the best list second. We've actually flipped that. I took some feedback from Greg DeMarco, and the more I think about it, I, I think he's right, which he'll enjoy hearing. Like He loves hearing that he's right or that somebody thinks he's right. But he uh, he suggested doing the worst list last because that's really what people are more interested in is like, what is it that, that we're going to say is terrible? So yeah. I'm going to run with that, and um, we're going to do our, our worst 80% or better after the second commercial break. So I'm, yeah, I'm hopeful that, uh, that, that people like this different format because I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be a blast. Cool. So before we even get into our first, um, our first list, I do, uh, we're going to go ahead. We'll take our first commercial break. And then when we come back, we'll, we're going to dive right in with what, uh, Aesop and I, say are the five best films that have scored 20% or lower on Rotten Tomatoes. You're listening to the 5 by 5 on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the 5x5. Five five. I am joined this week by Aesop Mitchell himself. And we're doing best, basically, we're doing best bad movies and worst good movies as scored by Rotten Tomatoes. That's been the easiest way for me to describe it to folks. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about the process of making the list. We're going to do our best bad movies first. And Dave, I'm going to do I'm going to let you do the honors uh for uh, kicking off the 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 worst of the best. I'm going to kick off the the best of the worst and, and give my sure. number 5. Uh I looked up every single one of these on Rotten Tomatoes after searching Google and getting like larger lists just to kind of make sure. I shared this to you before we started recording. I cheated on one uh, it, it scored 22%. Sue me. Um, I, I just, I feel, uh, I felt I, I like it, I felt it was close enough. Semantics. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And with the way, like I said, uh, we were, we were talking about it before, right, right, right. um, with the way that rotten tomatoes just fluctuates because, you know, someone writes a review every damn second on these movies. I'm sure it was at that 20% at one point in time. Absolutely. Um, and before we get going, I, I do want to sh- throw out the, the honorable mentions first, because there are so many honorable mentions to both of these categories. First of all, uh, these two were too high, but Hook at 
is criminal. That is and pretty crazy. Hocus Pocus is a yeah, right. That's I, like a staple Halloween. I remember that. saw that. I remember seeing that and being stunned by that. Yeah, wild. And then uh, another one. This movie is bad, but Troll Two at six percent. Nil bog. So bad that it's good. It's nil bog. Right? I uh, <laughs> actually don't sleep on the original Troll either. Like I loved yes. the original Troll. Like yes, surprisingly. So much better than what they had any right to be. Um, and there is an awesome documentary about uh, Troll 2 out there. It, I think you can stream it on Amazon. on Amazon. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely worth the watch if you ever have a time. So, all right, I'm going to kick this bad boy off with a movie that, according to my research, scored 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I was genuinely surprised because this movie was a staple of my viewing on the USA Network for for years they used to do marathons as this spawned multiple sequels and that is the job oh i forgot i forgot about the rules gotta remind everybody the rules the rules um i'm gonna go first then dave will give his his number five if i give something that's higher on dave's list or dave gets something higher on my list i raise my hand and we save it until it's there on the list uh because i don't i could see some overlap just knowing who we are uh, and, and so I want to make sure that there's potential there. But my first I movie feel we're pretty safe. I feel like right. we're pretty safe on this. Oh, one. okay. All right. So zero percent. John Ritter led film franchise Problem Child. Look at you smiling and nodding. All right. You, you didn't like Problem Child. I, I they're like terror. They're they're, yeah. they're 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 terrible movies, but I love them to death. Zero percent though. Like 0% on Rotten Tomatoes? How is that possible? They feel, they feel like a 43%. Like, right. they're definitely bad. But, like, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Like, and I, again, I am, uh, especially with the lower portions, I'm looking at it like, really? Did they deserve to be considered a bad movie? Now, don't get me wrong. Again, I have bad movies on this list. Absolutely. But, yeah, problem Child, I look at it and I just go, Okay, yeah, that's a movie. And you're right. That is on USA. That was on USA all the day. All time. the time. All and <laughs> like and there's and it's spot the thing that was crazy is because they were such a low budget movie to make, it's like Beethoven movies. Like they just keep cranking out Beethoven movies. They kept cranking out problem child movies. They gave them a baby sister. They did all kinds of shit. It yeah. was it was awesome. And John Ritter, and part of it is I just have a soft spot for John Ritter as, as an actor. He was so criminally underrated when he was with us and people i think really realized what what we lost when when he passed away but one of the truly gifted physical comedians of the of the 70s like if you want three's company the best part of three's company is jack falling in my oh, opinion jack, jack tripping over shit like it's so great well just just John Ritter in general is the best part of three's company. And like, no one argues that ever. And right. he is, he's so underappreciated in any role that he's ever done, whether it be something major or even just some of the bit characters that he does in movies, you know, you saw it. I, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I know there's countless times where he just comes in, says a one liner and then walks off and you're like, Oh yeah. Right. John Ritter. Well, and Scrubs, Scrubs was one of my favorite television shows of all time, and he played uh, Zach Braff's father in that. And when he passed away, they like wrote it into the show, and it was very, it was yeah. a very touching tribute to the guy. Um, so yeah, so number five for me, Problem Child. Your number five, sir. 
My number five, uh, I'm going to go the Sister Act 2. I bat, what is it, Back in the Habit? Yes. I don't mind that movie at all. And the production level of it, granted, it is definitely different from the first movie, but you get fun performances from Lauren Hill. You get uh, some great job, great work from Whoopi Goldberg and the rest of the the nunnery that goes Right, on. right. It's not a bad movie. It's definitely not worth 19%. And I, I don't know. At, at More often than not, people of my age tend to sing, you know, that movie's praises, you know, pardon the pun, hey. a lot more than the first one. Right. All I got to say is that if you want to be somebody and you want to go somewhere, you better wake up and pay attention to Sister Act 2 because <laughs> that movie was... It was good. It was fun. Like she's coming back to resurrect the music program at a school, yeah. uh, and the class. How many people tried to do when Jesus was? You know, sang in, in like the the upper oh, rooms yeah, yeah. like that. You know, everyone tried that at some point in time, being like, "Damn, that yeah, that's that insane. that that takes some talent." I also will never forget uh, the the young woman in the class who didn't know any songs other than the theme song to the Love Boat, and so yes. that that as they were trying to get a sense of her voice, that's what she sang. It's it's hilarious, hilarious stuff. So had a had a, a Frankie feel from Greece. Right, and, and like she was. That's who she was. Beauty school dropout. Exactly. <laughs> All right, you're number four, sir. All right, my number four. Another movie that has a huge cult following. Encino Man. No reason the juice, man. It is fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes, it, and is that just bogged down because it's Polly Shore? Like, really? A little bit. Reason? I mean, it's definitely better than son-in-law because he's not the lead. So, you know, sure. you got that going for us. But Brendan Fraser is yeah. like gearing up for George of the Jungle in this movie. Like, talk about a fascinating career when you look at like where he started to where he where he ended up. Like he 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 basically was like a, a monosyllabic character. And then like one day he did the mummy. And we're like, oh, he's an action star. Yeah. And now he's on Doom Patrol, and he fucking kills it all the time. Yeah. Oh, and the, the, speaking of cult following, just the cult following on Brendan Fraser alone is yep. ridiculous. And he's he really is an underappreciated actor that's finally starting to get some love uh, from the masses, rather. You you know who um, you know who didn't mind that it was rated so low? Audiences on on a on a seven million dollar budget. It still grossed forty million six hundred ninety-three thousand four hundred seventy-seven dollars. So the people dug it. I don't yeah, care what and, anybody said. And that gets a fifty-six percent from the audience score. And you know what? That's fair. It's yeah, it's reasonable. It's, uh, it's definitely like early '90s comedy, like uh, teen college romp fest, right? I, there is a quote from Encino Man that I use to this day. Anytime I microwave something and it doesn't turn out right, and I'm like, oh, typical. Hot and toasty on the outside, <laughs> icy cold in the middle when Polly Shore heats up a burrito. My number Polly four. Shore's best film? Probably. I like Son in Law. <laughs> like, I'll admit it, I like Son in Law. Like, All I right. do. 
I do. I don't. I I I can't forgive myself for for it, but I, I do. I like it a lot. <laughs> um, my 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 number my number four uh, film also scored zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Also part of a film franchise starring America's treasurer Steve Gutenberg, the Goot. Oh, yes. Po- Police Academy Four, Citizens <laughs> on Patrol. I don't know if you saw the minute you said Steve, I held up four fingers. I knew exactly four fingers. Where you were going. I one, I love Police Academy movies as long as Steve Gutenberg is in them. Once we transition into into Lassard's son being all, being the the the, the focal yep. point, we've moved on and we've jumped the shark. But you got the Goot. That's all you need. And I actually here's the thing. All the, the 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 moment that I remember from that film the most is when the they're going door to door trying to recruit citizens for Citizen on Patrol and Bobcat Goldflate is like getting into a shouting match with somebody at the door. Citizens on Patrol and doing that and nobody everybody tries to do Bobcat Goldflate. Nobody can, including myself. But I love that. I love that movie and do not again zero percent like zero percent. And it seems a little harsh. How hard it is, like to get zero percent. And funny thing, if you go and look, right? So we still have three more Police Academy movies to follow uh, from Police right. Academy Four, and they all score zero percent. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, when they go to Florida, you get the forty, and everything after that is just zeros across the board. <laughs> I, Obviously, yeah. it didn't affect them. No, it really didn't. What I the other thing I just I truly loved about that whole deal um, is again cheap movie that makes money. Like that's yeah. all it is. It's cheap movies that make money, and people wonder why those sorts of films get like made. It's because once you have a hit, you can bank on it over and over and over and over. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna look, I'm gonna pull a PC Tunny and see if I can find the numbers on this one. Um, cause usually, so this is 90, yeah, this movie cost about a little over eight, it was about eight and a half million dollars to make it worldwide gross, 28 million and, and change. Like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a 20, it's a $20 million profit. So people paid money to go watch a cheap, poorly, easy, easy to make movie. Like that's all it is. So that was, yeah. uh, that was my number four. I, I love that one. And honestly, you could just sort of lump in all of them. All right. Oh, you know what? Yeah. No. Four through six. Four through six don't work aren't worth zero percent. Mission Which to one? Moscow is pretty bad. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, when's the the one they go to Russia? Like, uh, I can't I that can't do awful. it anymore. That that one's like, yeah, we can cut that one out. Um my number three. No, wait, you're going now, right? It's my number three. My number three, um, again, we recently lost Norm McDonald. I love Norm Macdonald. I love his brand of humor. I love his style of humor. He put out a movie where apparently I was the only person who liked it. Well, critics, fourteen uh, percent was its was the score of uh, the movie Dirty Work, uh, which is Norm Macdonald as a slacker running a revenge for hire business. And yeah, I just think it's underrated. I think it's underappreciated. I think it. I think it falls victim to people not getting Norm Macdonald's brand of humor. Like uh, in a lot of ways, like his, his dry sense of humor. But for me, 
when he gets revenge on his eventual girlfriend's boss at the used car lot where he keeps opening up trunks of vehicles and there's dead hookers in them. And Norm McDonald's is like, I've never seen so many dead hookers in one place in my life. And this random <laughs> old guy off screen is like, Lord knows I have. Um, gets me every time. Every time. Norm McDonald is my favorite stand-up comedian of all time. Yeah. I love dirty work. And you didn't and put I it on your list? Think, I did not think to put this on my list because I had so many in mind initially uh, I, to be fair, I haven't watched Dirty Work in probably close to 20 years at this point. A, so, a nose, a noseless Chris Farley talking to the skunks before he releases them and talking about how they say that a man, a one-eyed man amongst <laughs> the blind is king. Well, in the world of the skunk, the man with no nose is king. Sing the song, boys. And he's doing the full, oh. Every time. And I love Trailer Howard, too. I loved her in Monk uh, so much. Right. And this is one of her, like, I believe one of her, like, first major roles uh, doing anything of note. Um, And Artie Lang, too. Like you said, Chris Farley. The other Norm Norm MacDonald who plays or (laughs) plays the plays the bad guy. He's holding the dog and they keep being like, I think he's fucking that dog. Or is it Christopher McDonald? I can't remember what is it is. It Christopher McDonald is that his name? It's definitely a McDonald. I'd have Plays to look the, that. I'd have to look that up. Uh, I'll I'll but, look it up while you talk about your number three. Yeah, you know, and now I'm definitely like because I I've, I'm pulling up like um just a little bit of the the cast information as it comes on, and I'm seeing other movies that are falling into these into these categories right now. And I'm like, oh shit, should I revise my list right now? Right. Um, no, you can't do that. But yeah, it is. It, this this is something that you could have a part two, part three, part four. Yeah, Chris, with. Christopher McDonald. Sorry, Chevy Chevy Chase is the doctor who is in debt because he bet against Rocky and Rocky three. <laughs> uh, my number three is another movie that is uh, pretty crucial to my teenage years, and that's Grandma's Boy. Grandma's Boy <laughs> at fifteen percent. I'm sorry. Grandma's boy is funny. And uh, the, you get a nice, wonderful starring role from uh, Alan Covert in that, who you know never really gets a chance to shine in these movies. Doris Roberts is hilarious. Um, it, the Nick Swarzden is also great. I'm not a big fan of Nick uh, Swarzden normally, but this didn't really affect the like the fans. I mean, it's got an 85% audience rating. Like people right. love this movie and i can think of uh what's his name uh dante uh the guy that's always in in happy madison movies but he's like hey everybody how's it going (laughs) you know he's talking about like the monkey and shit how he's trying to teach him kung fu to fight off like lions it's so over the top but it is fun it's got a lot of fun to it and it it feels like a kentucky fried movie brought into the uh, mm. modern era. God, I love that movie. Grandma's Boy? You love Grandma's Boy? <laughs> no, I love the Kentucky Fried movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, like, but love it again, that one, that one's more of a personal feeling. Like 15% is low. 15. It does not deserve a 15%. That, it's got some funny, funny bits. That's, that's fair. Um, 
Cool. Well, what's your number two? Uh, my number two has 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. And okay. I I really find this movie funny. I can acknowledge how bad this movie is. But Mom and Dad Save the World is nice. so much fun. It's nice. so fun. They blatantly spell it out that uh, this is a planet of idiots, right? Yeah, it's idiocracy. Yeah. It's so dumb. And John Lovitz's character is great in this movie. The uh the costumes are really awesome. Like Yeah, uh, they're really over the top. Yeah. And even something like um uh like the rebels who and they pretend they're bird people and they have these giant bird masks and you get um uh what what's his name? Um Mr. Rooney from uh Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, him coming in. And I going, can't remember oh, his name, but I know who you're talking about. Do you have birds this big? No. Oh, okay then. <laughs> uh, it, it's just a fun movie. It's so stupid. It's got a great world that they've already built. You know, uh, his wife trying to feed, like, talk to uh, Guad, the the bulldog Gwad. soldier, and he, he's like, oh, "Would you like some granola?" Granola. <laughs> it's so it's so it stupid, is. It's dumb. Fun. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah, I, I can't argue. I, that's another one that uh, oftentimes on television at like three, four in the morning, right? And, and you just you would pause and watch because it's it's on. It's three, four in the morning. That, that was know. probably one of my favorite things when HBO Max came out is that they had that on there. I was like, oh, nice, yeah, nice. you're watching it. All right. So my number two is the one that I said I kind of cheated on because it scored 22 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But when I was in college, if I needed to kill exactly 90 minutes, say between classes, <laughs> I could pop this. I had this movie on DVD. I still do. Uh, I still love it. I think it's not worthy of his 22% rating, but I would spend 90 minutes with Sylvester Stallone and Armando Sante and Rob Schneider as Stallone yelled incoherently into the void. And I would watch judge dread all 90 minutes. Loved the judge Ashley Judd in that movie. Or no, is it Ashley Judd? No, it's not Ashley Judd. Who is it? Diane Somebody, Lane. Diane Lane. That's who it is. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I was like her twin. Uh, you know, the other half of that coin. Um, loved her in that movie. Loved that movie so, so much. And uh, yeah, uh, unapologetically um, embrace all that is Judge Dredd. I'm not going to fight you because I definitely saw this and it was like, 22%. I shouldn't do it. And I, right. Uh, <laughs> I was the same way. I was like, man, he's going to give me shit if I break the rule on this one. How I have a 30% on the audience score. Like, because Judge Dredd, Judge, Judge, Judge Dredd was a tough sell. That's that's part of it. Is You know, you know like it's this obscure comic that, that people hadn't heard of. So to me, it makes a little bit of sense that, that audiences didn't gravitate to it. And maybe they just too much Rob Schneider. I don't know. Max von Sydow is, you know, the stoic chief justice that gets sent out into the cursed earth. 
they got James Earl Jones just to read the introductory like crawl before the movie started. I love Judge Dredd. Everybody here should watch it. That's my number two. All right. That's a, that's an excellent choice. Excellent choice. Go ahead with your number one. My number one scored 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. And again, I look at it and I'm like, that movie wasn't that bad. But it couldn't recapture the magic of the original. And that's Major League Two. I, oh. What? You, you finally disagree I with me? Such, I am such a softy to Major League. Right. And Major League Two just does everything wrong for me <laughs> see my my thing is is it was too the, the problem with major league two and, and i will own it's it completely pales in comparison to major league like something about me Ma- major league found its comedy and yet still had like these like like still did it in such a way that it was sort of it was goofy but but like plausible not plausible but like goofy but not like if you know what i mean like you know You've got um, not Corbin Burnson. Um, who played Jake Taylor? Um, uh, Tom Berenger. Tom Berenger. Tom Berenger and Renee Russo and like their relationship and like you know they they got like this guy trying to get his life to, back together. You've got the evil. You've got the evil uh, showgirl wife of Donald Phelps. All of that. You know Corbin Burnson as um, as Roger Dorn. It, it all just sort of worked. And Wesley Snipes, I think, was a big part of what also helped make that movie go in his own special way. Yes. Omar Epps yes. was just not Wesley Snipes. And they he just... They, so hard. They just sort of ramped up the goofy uh, in a way that didn't fit while still trying to do some of the things that made Major League good. And, and it just... It, it's, everything about it just seemed a step below what they did before. And yet at the same time, I love talking about Black Hammer um, and the different pitches. Uh, here it comes. This is the Terminator. Terminator, huh? It's more like the Masturbator. Like, just, I, Randy Quaid, I still, I call Dave Ungar a Randy Quaid fan. Like, the Randy Quaid character fan oh, for his no. Washington Capitals. Because he is, he's so down on his team all the time. Whatever, Johnny, the right? blow it in the, yeah, whatever his name is. I don't know what his name is, but they'll blow it in the playoffs. They will, they will. Like, that's, that's Ungar when you talk to him about hockey. Go listen to Hockey Talk. You'll hear him call, hear me call him Randy Quaid over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, what's another reason that gets brought down is, uh, Tanaka, the what's yes. the Takaki from, from the yeah from the Giants but not the San Francisco Giants. But I mean that character is so so offensive. Oh yeah, and, yeah. It's like doing samurai it, shit. I mean, it is over the top bad. I will say one thing. Um, it is Major League Two is definitely better than Major League Back to the Minors, which. Hey, 21% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is wrong. Scott Bakula is a treasure, sir. And I will hear no Scott Bakula slander that they couldn't do Major League Baseball stuff and they moved it to Minnesota and they, (laughs) yeah, every, okay, I can't, I can't defend it. I'm sorry. I can't defend it. You're number one, man. My number one should come as no surprise to you. I have spoken 
many a time to this movie's creativity and fun. It's Kung Pao Enter the Fist, Dan. Yeah, I saw it and knew that you were going to talk about it. because It um, had to be on my list. I love Kung Pao. And I again, maybe that's just me being the, the immature child that I am at times. Kung Pao Enter the Fist is so creative. It is definitely a movie ahead of its time. And also a dated movie at the same point. Right, 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 right yeah. It's like a uh, weird mystery it's something theater vibes to it. Oh uh, yeah, with just I, I, again, I don't know. Maybe you you'll wait, you know, fifty years from now, and you see this movie really get the type of love that it deserves. It still has again a real strong cult following, but right, you know, Steve Odekirk has been rumored uh, for I don't know decades at this point to make it another one. Uh, I just hope it actually happens at some point because I mean, for your sake, because you really do love this movie. It's funny as hell. Come on, it the, uh, the satire is just. I, so I'm stupid. with you. I I don't I don't know that it deserved its abysmal score on Rotten Tomatoes, but it did, and <laughs> that this was already this was already fun. We've done the best of the worst. We both disagree on how we feel about each other's number ones, which is awesome. We're going to take our second break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the worst of the best. Before we go to our recorded commercial, though, I do need to remind you that if you like the quality content that we put out on the Chairshot Radio Network every single day on the internet airwaves, then support us by heading over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Chairshot. We have all kinds of great designs for you to choose from, from chair shot logos to shows uh, with their own shirts. Like I'm, for example, wearing the official bandwagon nerd shirt today. Uh, Sayings from the show, nefarious means seems to be a popular one that's being picked up these days. Shirts are only $19.99. Or if you're feeling fancy, want something that feels nice on your giblets, spend a few dollars more and get it soft style. Your body will thank you. Again, we love putting this kind of content out for you each and every day. So head over to Pro Wrestling Tees and support us by um, picking up a shirt. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. When we come back, Dave and I give our worst best movies according to Rotten Tomatoes. You are listening to the 5x5 on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Okay, welcome back, everyone. Now comes the list where we give you the worst of the best. Usually we're saying the worst of the worst, but this is the worst of the 
quote unquote best. You got to finger up. What's up? You're already changing yeah. your list. Well, no, I, I, well, I did actually change my list because uh, <laughs> you, did, you, did, you did a two percent. I'm going to do a two percent for this one as well. Oh, but, fine. Um, I, I wanted to know: Did you have any honorable mentions? No, I actually were. I, I intentionally kept it off. I kept them off. I've only made the honorable mention exception to one show so far, and that was the uh, the uh, cover tunes episode that I did with uh, Christopher Platt because it's such a broad list such a huge list this one um no i uh i was i i made my decisions and then just kind of kept them off i'm fine with honorable mentions at this point because you already you already plunged ahead with them anyway so didn't really have a choice well, i had to yeah. again i just wanted to make sure that we didn't miss anything no um, no no way but yeah like i said i just i had to at least reach out to you for that Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready for this list too because there are some definitely some bad movies that get way cool. too much love. All right, well then I'll I'll kick us off and we'll talk about again the rule for this list was the movie had to score eighty percent ish, we'll say ish, or better to make our list. And I don't know if that when I watched this movie I just didn't get it. Uh, and in old years as I got older, I tried to rewatch it because I kept being told that the this this series of films was quality um and my mom used to watch this movie all the time and, and i just okay it scored exactly 80 percent according to my research and that's a uh, mad max beyond thunderdome i don't get it and, and i'm like i i'd like it not and not in a, i don't get it and i'm trying to understand it like i don't get it and i don't like it. what is tina turner yelling about like, why is she so angry? What is up with those things? It's like, why did she do the weird Princess Leia hairdo? What is going on? As she talked about Thunderdome. And it was the way she said Thunderdome. She would just say it like that. Thunderdome. And I was like, what's going on? And then there was the dude with the tiny head that was in the big armor. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? There was the weird creepy gimp dude playing with the doll, pulling the drawstring. And they hit. I'm like, I don't get you. I don't like you. I don't like this movie. And I, then I saw it on the list, and I'm like, it got 80%? Like, wow. <laughs> uh, I can forgive it, and the only reason why is because without it, we do not get Fury Road, which is I guess. arguably one of my favorite movies of all time, especially when you see it in the, like, the way that it was intended to, like the, the black and white one that, that comes on the special edition. Like, that movie is so freaking good. And I, again, maybe I just give it a pass because of that. And maybe, I don't know. I, I did not. So, and that is Fury Road is, is, is a hell of a movie. So no argument there on that one to you, sir. All right. My number five, again, maybe I just don't get it. And I wasn't exactly a huge fan of the first one in this movie. Barbershop 2 has 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? I find that remarkable. Um, that I, is kind of remarkable. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't qualify it as a bad movie, really. No, like, but, but 90%? 90%? That's, like, yeah. That, that, to me, just seems very high. And I, I can definitely, like, say that I've watched it. I can't say that I remember seeing any of it. And yeah, and that's a problem. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm with you there. 
You know what I mean? Like even bad movies resonate. And I think we just you know said it earlier. You would rather have a bad movie than, than have a mediocre movie. Right. Mediocrity is just bad in the movies because you don't again, you don't remember anything. I can yep. remember adding some women to the movie and that's about it. Like, yeah, I, yeah and that's, that's, too. that's more than I remember from barbershop too. So, so it shows what I know. And if, if you, if you're a barbershop loyalist out there enlighten Aesop and myself, sure someday, gonna we'll, 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 me. we'll tell you how to find us on Twitter later. And you can, you can give us all your hot takes on the movies that we don't like. You're number four, sir. My number four is a number four in the series. And again, this is not a bad movie, but it gets, it's a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I think Toy I Story 4. Yeah. Yeah. Toy Story 4 is not that good. It's Toy Story 4, fun. the reach for more money. It really is. You had such a fantastic wrap up in Toy Story right. 3. They did everything right. It's so emotional. In fact, you feel like drained watching that movie. And I don't know about you, Pat. Please tell me if I'm the overly sensitive one. But when you think that those toys are going into the flaming shredder. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, my God. I'm sobbing. I'm fucking sobbing. And and they're all holding hands and shit. Like, they're going to go down together. Yeah, and you again, it's a Disney movie. Like they're not going to die. We should all know that. I'm still like crying. All that is lost because of Toy Story 4. All right. the, the emotion, the strong character work. You get again, no real uh antagonist. The only one is Gabby Gabby, who is, you know, just wants to be loved and has a redemption arc. We've talked about that with Disney many a times that Disney loves redemption arcs. It's it's not good, though. I will say I enjoyed the callback to combat Carl and having uh, uh, is it Ernie Hudson do combat Carl? Uh, I can't remember. It's either. Yeah, him I think or, so. uh, Apollo Creed. Oh, I can't. I'm drawing a blank. Carl Weathers. Name. Carl Weathers. I think it's Carl Weathers, actually, um, which is freaking fantastic. And uh, having Duke Kaboom uh, with uh, Keanu Reeves is also very fun great characters but the movie itself did not need to exist it's just no it really didn't no i can't i can't argue that one i here's the thing is toy story the toy story series didn't hit me the same way it did a whole generation out the generation after me because i was kind of aged out by the time by the time that movie you know really hit and was around so I do kind of see it at a different lens, but yeah, I, uh, it was a movie that didn't get need to be get made. It was a movie that did get made and made a bunch of money. And I think that this is also one of those times where you see, uh, Pixar and critics go, well, Pixar equals ratings and equals must be good. And Toy Story we expect it to be good, so we're going to tell ourselves it was good. Carl Weathers, by the way, is the voice of Combat Carls. So, nice pickup on that so one, good. Apollo Creed himself. So, that was your number four? Yeah. All right, so that means it's my number four. Um, this movie was wildly popular. 
and everybody loved it except for me. Uh, and I think this is one of the movies that told me that I was no longer into gross out humor, uh, no matter who does it. And that's Bridesmaids, which scored a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I like there came a point where like that brand of humor stopped being funny for, for me, no matter what it was. And like, I didn't need to watch a woman's shit in a sink. Like, you know, oh my God, it feels like lava. Whatever, you know, it's fun. And it's not to say that poop and farts aren't funny. Um, it's not to say that women can't do gross-out comedy. Do gross-out comedy. Uh, but I realized that I, I just didn't... I didn't find any of the characters compelling or good. And I know that's part of it. You're not really supposed to. But I just didn't... I hated it. I hated the movie. And I remember going into it, watching it, ready to watch it and like it. And was like, this movie is shit. Yeah... I'm not going to lie. Um, I loved Bridesmaids on the first the first go around. And then every subsequent watch I've seen, I've kind of liked it less. Uh, again, uh, maybe it's it's definitely not a bad movie. It's, right. It's good. You have uh, fun characters. But like you said, none of them are particularly likable outside of uh, the guy that she yeah, the IT crowd guy. What I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Um, but right, I, I got nothing. The, he's the only one that I truly enjoy. Uh, Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd as the sheriff's uh, the sheriff guy is very funny, and he is you just root for him the whole time. And then when Kristen Wiig turns into a dick and goes back uh, to John Hamm to sleep with him, and you see him kind of crumble like. Yeah, you don't like Kristen Wiig anymore. And right. how do you not like Kristen Wiig? Right. How do you face? just Yeah, you just I couldn't get behind it. Uh, I couldn't stand it. And I didn't like her. So Bridesmaids by number four. So that then goes to number three. Yes. This was a Netflix exclusive flick. David Ungar is going to be angry at me over this one. Was really hyped pretty hard when it hit Netflix. Martin Scorsese brings back De Niro and Pacino to do The Irishman for a six-hour slog of a movie that went nowhere. Like, when it got nominated for an Oscar, I was like, why? And then I and then I shifted over to Rotten Tomatoes to see it. It scored 95%. And I'm like, is it because critics fell asleep and woke up for the climax of the film? Because that movie was a chore to get through. Like, I didn't even think it, like, it just, it was so fucking tedious. And I do not think it deserved the accolades that it got. It didn't really win much, uh, but I, The Irishman, my number three. Yeah, that's fair. Um, And it's a bunch of old guys, too, and it feels like a bunch of old guys doing everything in this movie. Um, Yeah. and oh, and Pesci's in it too. I, I forgot Pesci was in it as well. Yeah, uh, I, I know this movie got uh bombed, but I get vibes of Gotti with John. Yeah, Gatti. it's pretty bad. Yeah, and, and that's a zero percent on Rotten Tomato, right? <laughs> like, but um, it justifiably so, uh, yeah. But really, what's the difference there, to me? There's not much, it has very similar feels. It's the it's the Scorsese support. Like it really is. Sure. It's it's Martin Scorsese and and being able to write his own ticket. Like that's kind of what it is, in my opinion. 
And fuck Scorsese, right. he hates comic book movies, so. Uh, my number three is the uh, uh, Peter Jackson Sting, uh, King Kong. That is yeah. not a good really? movie. What did it rate? It's 84%. Huh. I missed that one. That is not a good movie. It's not. It, uh, now, again, visually, it is fucking phenomenal. You it know who's looks the, so good. You know who's the worst in that movie? It's Jack Black. Jack Black. It's Jack Black. And, and no business being there. No. And uh, it was it was Peter Jackson hot off of the Lord of the Rings high, being like, I'm gonna try to be the next Cecil B. DeMille and make epic, you know, blockbusters. And no, no, it's it's mad, it's so mad. They do a lot for me to appreciate. I can right. appreciate the fact that they build on uh, Skull Island. In fact, mm-hmm. like it's it definitely is dangerous. Like, holy shit, is it dangerous? Right. Adrian Brody is wonderful in that movie. Right. I, I really enjoy Adrian Brody in King Kong. Outside of that, I just don't give a shit. And Na- Naomi, Watt, plays- Naomi Watts bonding with the monkey by like tripping and falling and juggling. Yeah, doing Pratt falls and like shit like yeah. that. Stop it. Um, and uh, maybe this is just me. Every time King Kong goes to New York, I could turn off the movie. And, and right. not just that one, but any King Kong. I just don't care when he goes to New it's York. The, it's the inevitability of it all. That's why I love yeah. the Godzilla Kong Kaiju universe. It, like, they're not good movies, but damn, are they popcorn fun. I'll give one small shout out. They made a fantastic video game for it, though. If, if nice. you haven't played that, it is so fun. Okay. Cool. All right, we've moved my, up to our number two. My number two, and I, I'm debating to put my my two percent drop right here too, but I think I have to leave it at one. It's Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. That movie <laughs> has an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. I do not like that movie at all. I know that a lot of people like to say that the Clone Wars is the worst of the the three uh, beginnings, like the the prequels. It's it's bad. Um, I can I more see as Revenge of the Sith as as worse to me. You know I, what's funny? So much angst in that movie, right? For me, yeah, it's it's not good. It it gets its love because of the climactic lightsaber fights. Like that's that's what it gets, which are over. They are over choreographed, like both. Like if you go back and you really watch them, there's stuff that's done. Uh, I'm going to actually reference an episode of the of the TV show Glee. So in the first, well, in the first season of Glee, um, they go to a competition, and this acapella group does this routine, and it blows the teacher away with like their dancing. And after it's all over, he's like, "We we should learn how to do this dance." And this person's like, "No, that's just hairography." And he's like, what is that? It's like, they just do a lot with their hair and it makes them look like they do like a a lot of really good dance stuff. If you go back and you really watch the Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker fight, because you can't talk about the other one. The other one is all CGI because one guy was too old to do it and the other is a computer generated puppet. So it's just animation with, you know, Ian, or not Ian Holm. um, Is it Ian Holm? Yeah just making like over the top faces 
like while while this goes on. Um the it's all just like fancy twirling of a lightsaber with no actual like combat. And I hate the Phantom Menace, but the choreography of the Phantom Menace lightsaber fights are so much better because one, Ray Park choreographed them, and you can tell, and they look good, and it's an actual sword fight, and it's the redeeming yeah, thing of the real. Phantom Menace, which is a movie I hate. The out out and out acting, uh, and the the complete devoid uh vacant chemistry between Portman and Christensen is is just so hard to watch. Like yeah. I actually like Hayden Christensen when he did other Anakin stuff away from Natalie Portman. Like when he that, was away from her, fair. he he was so much better. But when he had to pretend like he was in love with this person that they clearly did not jive with, it kill it killed that movie. I so yeah, eighty percent's a surprise. I wonder how much of that is having someone like Ewan McGregor, who is fantastic as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like that is the most redeeming quality of this, that entire trilogy is how fantastic Ewan McGregor is. I wonder how much of that he got coached from him, you know, as like a, Hey man, let me help you out here because Hayden Christensen is terrible in that film. And another thing too, is it ramps up way too fast. You yes. get rid of like Dooku is an afterthought. I would want a little bit more of him. Grievous was everyone, an afterthought. Yes. Everyone loved Grievous and he just got like pew pew dead. Um, yeah, that's my number two. Which brings us to my number two. Yep. Arguably by most film students, critics and people everywhere as the greatest film ever made. Oddly enough, only scored a 99% on Rotten Tomatoes. Citizen Kane. Whoa, you are coming in hot. Here's why. Citizen Kane is no longer a relevant film for our times. It's just not. And right. if you want, and, and again, it's boring. Like, it's boring as fuck. Um, I get why it's taught. I really do. I, I get why it's taught. I get that it's shot amazingly. I get that there are techniques and things that use it. But as a as a film, to me, it's it's horribly overrated in in the story that it tells. And this it, it's look at politics is just not what politics is anymore. And yeah, I I've tried more than once to talk about it and, and you know, when you're with other film stobs and, and they're sitting there trying to like show off like what they know and how great they are. Like there are other films that are up there that I, I will talk about Dan, like Casablanca. Love Casablanca. Citizen Kane. Don't get it. Don't like it. Don't understand it. And, and in the sense of I don't understand why it still is revered the way it is revered today. And so I, that what, is my number two. I feel that because one of the ones that I did uh, sincerely consider is Wizard of Oz. I don't get the love of Wizard of Oz. It is considered like one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, no, it's it's not it's not that anymore. It's just not good. Uh, it's I mean, for me, I hold a soft spot for it because between me and my mom, it's something that we did, and sure. I still and I still watch it to this day with uh, around Christmas time. Um, like that's so like, but I was raised on that movie. Right. Like, and so yeah. I get it. I can see that. 
again, I, I feel for you. Um, my number one is uh, we're, we're just going to keep rolling with the Lucas train. Indiana okay. Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Get the fuck 70, out of town. Oh. 78% on Rotten Tomatoes and is certified fresh. That's nuts. That you is nuts. Why I allowed that. Yes. I, he to be said. That movie killed me in the first 20 minutes. I went and saw that shit at midnight and have never walked out of a movie. That was the closest I came to walking out of a movie. When he hides in the refrigerator and survives the nuclear blast because he was in a lead-lined refrigerator, done. I was like, this is, there's nothing I need to see. And, and that was before we got to Shia LaBeouf swinging on vines like a fucking monkey. Yeah. It, again, 78 and certified fresh. Wow. It's not even, they doubled down on this garbage of a movie. They gave it such praise. And I, I do not understand it. I, I'm, I'm looking over like the critics reviews and like the, the quick synopsises that they give. And yeah, how so many of these people can feel, that's, like, feel that good about this movie. That's a, that's a nostalgia based. That's a nostalgia based review is what that is. That is, we loved what Indiana Jones was. Look, Indiana Jones. Three, three out of four, uh, four out of five, B plus. What are you doing, people? What are you, and it was aliens. That's the other thing. It was aliens. The fuck, like, what the fuck? Ah, give me a break. Uh, yeah, I am fully endorsing your bending of the rules for that to be your number one. In fact, it makes my number one pale in comparison because I wish I'd thought of it. <laughs> My number one, I, I am stunned that this movie scored a 93%. And if you've listened to me on Bandwagon Nerds, you've heard me talk about the the, the, the episodes 7 through 9 Disney released Star Wars films. My least favorite is Rise of Skywalker. Spoiler alert, Rise of Skywalker scored a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes, so it didn't, I didn't need to put it on this list. But scoring a 93%, on Rotten Tomatoes was Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens, which I, I I remember being so excited to see that movie. And then going in and being like, so basically I spent two and a half hours to listen to J.J. Abrams tell me that he understands the original trilogy and throw me all these fan servicey things while retelling A New Hope just with a black guy involved. And a woman as as Luke Skywalker, like that's that's what we got. We even destroyed a we even destroyed a giant ball thing that looks like a lot like a Death Star, except yep. it now destroys like planets more or something. I don't I don't know. I don't get it. It's a whole planet instead of a moon sized vehicle. It's it's not it and it's not. You talked about mediocrity. It's a mediocre movie, mediocre movie in my opinion. It, it it wouldn't be in a twenty percent or lower in my book, but it's not ninety three percent. And no. that's again, it's a nostalgia based lens that people were viewing that movie through to get it to that score. And again, if you look at it, individual performances, I, there's a lot to like in that movie. Uh, just collectively, it's not anything and i wonder how much of that 
is part of the disconnect that you get between episode seven and episode eight, and then subsequently episode nine as well, because they do not mesh well together. They really don't. As much as we can love JJ Abrams and love uh, Ryan Johnson, if we would have got three movies made by either one of them, maybe like uh, Force Awakens has a different feel to it. Right, to, it, it's know, to kind of justify it a little bit. Co- more. Coherent coherence is important. I will, I will concede that one thousand percent. And if you've ever, again, if you've ever listened to me on Bandwagon Nerds, you know that I love the Last Jedi. Like I think that it is unfairly lambasted by people because it it didn't fit with the Force Awakens. I love the the Last Jedi for the risks that it takes. In regards to its understanding of the force, how it operates, yeah, and, and what goes on there, and, and people hate it. And love and, Ryan Johnson for that because, like, I do, I that, do. That's the type of director that he is. But couldn't stand. I couldn't stand the Force Awakens. And the more I, it's one of those. The more I watch it, the less I like, uh, because it just he continuously like I just keep being like, oh, it's just a new hope all over again quote unquote bigger. And so that was my number one. And that, that does it for our list. And we are going to set the record for the longest episode of the five by five in history, Dave, kudos to us. Go us. Yes. Like uh, I said, we, there's still so many honorable mentions out there. There are. And unfortunately we don't have time for them, but what we do have time for is for you to tell everybody where they can find you out there on the chair shot radio network and in the social media. So do that for our no, our lovely noble listeners. Sure. 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 Yeah. You can find me on Twitter. I got two different accounts at violent ASAP and at Dave in cut a listen to me on the chair shot.com. Uh, we, I am all over this place uh lately uh thanks to such of the likes of patrick o'dowd i'm on bandwagon nerds you can hear that uh mondays yeah that's yes mondays job. that's when my yep and uh i'm also doing my own thing with my brother tom on uh down the wire we are uh having a lot of fun changing things up a little bit uh we drop on tuesdays but soon to be dropping on mondays as well because of Time constraints. My brother got a, a internship with a Ooh. radio company, so he's he's going to be exciting. fancy. Look yeah. at that! I expect your production quality to go up significantly, sir. Nope. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, you can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. You can also catch me Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on the Chair Shot Radio Network. Mondays I'm doing Bandwagon Nerds. Tuesdays I'm doing Chair Shot Radio with. Dave Ungar doing some hockey talk. And then on Wednesdays, I do wrestling talk with Greg DeMarco and Miranda Morales. That's going to do it for this edition of the 5x5. Big thanks to my guest this week, Aesop Mitchell. Shit. I, I, I got stuck. I was about to call you Dave in Cudahy and then was like, but I call him Aesop and then I like, got confused. I got thing. Dave for much much of the podcast, and I just let it go because I know how right. much Ungard loves it. Right, right. So <laughs> we'll we'll just uh, we'll we'll just leave that be for now. Anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed this list. I had a lot of fun making it with you, Mister Aesop, sure. um, and, and I look forward to bringing you back on the program for any number of five by fives 
This has been a lot of fun. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been the 5 by 5 on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.